Steve Zakawani was never fun to stick up against. Was it for Zakawani? None is possible. It's Steve. It's Steve. <laughs> this is so weird. Steve Zakawani. What's going on, everyone? Steve Zakawani here, coming to you live from the Sounders headquarters here in Pioneer Square. It's a gray, overcast day. And I think that's how most people feel after this weekend. I don't share that feeling, to be honest, but I understand it. I'm obviously referring to the defeat at home to the Portland Timbers um, in a very, very hotly contested game. Um, It wasn't the best game from a footballing spectacle perspective. But if you understand what a derby is, what a rivalry is, what it means to put your body on the line, to compete, to want to win. Just as an observer, then the game had a lot of entertainment from that perspective. But the Sounders came out on the wrong end of a 2-1 defeat to the Portland Timbers. Credit has to go to the visitors, absolutely. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Can't spend too long on that for obvious reasons. But also a chance to get back on the horse this weekend away to the Houston Dynamo it doesn't get any easier that's a very 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 good team believe me it's a tough tough team especially at home um at I forget the stadium BBVA I think I got the letters right um it's campus stadium something like that that's where the sounders will be this weekend I'll be there we'll talk about that and I'll have Matt Johnson on to kind of help me look through the upcoming games I felt when I saw this schedule before the Atlanta game and then looked at kind of the next seven, eight games, it was going to be by far the toughest stretch of the season. And that's proven to be true. Atlanta was a tough, hard-fought win. Portland Timbers was a tough, hard-fought defeat. And I think that's how the next few games will go. You know, you'll see Portland again very soon. You'll see the Los Angeles Galaxy, I believe, at some point coming up. Houston Dynamo, like we talked about. So some very difficult games for the Sounders. But let's deal with Sunday. A lot of people were upset with me on Twitter, watching you, um, because I said it was a really good game. And, you know, Sounders fans that use social media got very upset because they said, no, it wasn't a good game. We didn't play well. Portland came in, beat us at home again. Portland beat us again. Blah, blah, blah. What are you talking about? You have no idea what you're talking about. You only played many years in MLS. You only played on both sides of the rivalry. You only have played this sport for five, since you were age five in London, in England, one of the footballing countries, but what do you know? That's what they said. And let me be clear, it wasn't a good spectacle. It wasn't. But you are lying to yourself if you think neutrals or even fans of both teams weren't at home glued to the edge of their seat. It wasn't a boring game. It was entertaining. Tackles were flying. Should have been a red card. On Fernandez when he came in behind Kim Kee-hee, there was that. The arm to Torres' face, worth another look, potentially. There was that, but there was a lot of strong competing. Christian Rodan and Diego Chara going shoulder to shoulder, fighting. Um, the sound is not allowing Valeri to have the space that he normally would have, for example. Timber's doing the same with Nico Ladero. Both teams just getting in there. You saw after the final whistle how much it meant to both teams. With Roman Torres literally waiting in the tunnel for Clark, the Portland Timber's goalkeeper. I'm talking from that perspective, the competing or rivalries, what you see in a rivalry game, more often than not, you're going to get that rather than beautiful, 
expansive football, usually. That's what I meant. It was a really good game and still is the best rivalry in MLS because the guys in LA are giving it their best run. But that rivalry exists right now because of one man, Zlatan, who's making it relevant. You take him out of it, it doesn't have the same. Portland Timber, Seattle Sounders, doesn't matter who's playing. It's Portland Timber, Seattle. This has been going for since the 70s. You, know, you don't have Clint Dempsey anymore. You don't have Oba anymore. And people still care. It doesn't matter who's there. It's the two franchises. Galaxy and LAFC right now is based on personalities. The game itself, Sounders did not play well. That's true. Never really got going. And I think the biggest disappointment of the game was once you get back on level terms, you're always most vulnerable after you've just scored. That's when you're most vulnerable. And the Sounders allowing, you know who the danger guy is. And that's been a bit of a worry for me this season because, yes, you can't always stop great players. But it's a bit for me at ease, the ease with which some of the great players the Sounders have faced have done what you knew they were going to do. I'll give you an example. We spent the week before the Sporting Kansas City game talking about Johnny Russell. I did my scouting report on Johnny Russell. The danger man is Johnny Russell. I'll show you Brian Schmetz has spent a lot of time saying Johnny Russell. We knew what he does, and he went and scored a hat-trick. It can happen, but you watch the game back and the goals, preventable for the most part. Joseph Martinez, do not let him loose in the 18. Stick tight. If he's going to beat you, let it be special. Gets a free header, six shots out. He's not going to miss. Brian Fernandez. Has like five goals in six games or six goals in seven games, whatever it was coming into this weekend. He's first to the rebound, comes off the crossbar. Okay, that can go anywhere, no problem. But the second goal just makes the run off the shoulder and then it's a tap in from six yards out after you've just come level. So I think in that sense, it's got to be disappointing because you're not stopping the good players you know they have from doing what you knew they would do, what you spent training for them to do. Let them beat you in new ways. Let them have to find a way to be innovative. Don't give them their bread and butter. I think that will be a disappointment for the Sounders from the game. I think you have to look at now some of the glaring needs for the Sounders. The Sounders need someone to come in and play as a winger. And what I mean is, yes, you can get your width from Brad Smith, who has been excellent during his time in Seattle. But Brad Smith's form at the start of the year is not Brad Smith's form right now. He's not playing as well. And that's normal. It can happen. We all went through dips as a player. It happened to me. It happened to players that were better than me. It happens to everybody. Brad Smith will be fine. He'll be back. But right now, he's not playing at his highest level. That's fair. But again, you can't... I don't like to depend completely on all my width and attack and wide play to come from my left back and right back. They're defenders first. They should help you, aid you, assist you, but not be the primary threats from wide areas. Jovan Jones has come back. He's finding his way back. Harry Ship plays out there, likes to come inside. Victor Rodriguez plays out there, likes to come inside. On the right side, you have it potentially with Jordan Morris. Once he finds his best form, you do have that. A guy who's wide, who's quick, you can get down the line, no problems. On the left side, you don't have that right now. I think the team is looking at that, but that would be if I was in those rooms, in those meetings, where I would say this is a need. Someone who's going to unbalance people, pick the ball up, run at people, commit defenders, take pressure off Nico Ladero, who's getting three players sent to him every time he touches the ball. Someone else who's going to command attention, create space in the middle for our Rui Diaz to play. Because right now you congest the middle for the Sounders, say let them have it out wide, and you're pretty much stopping them at this point. If Brad Smith is on form and exceptional, that becomes a problem. When Brad Smith's off form, you're going to struggle. 
as the Sounders did this weekend. So that would be a need, I would say. Will Bruin is missed because in this kind of game, the Sounders subs, Saad Abdul Salam, right back, Nuhu, left back, Jovan Jones, left back, playing left mid. Three fullbacks came on as your subs in a game you're chasing. But what choice does the coach have? So Will Bruin is the ideal guy to bring in that situation, to play him alongside Raul. You go with two up front. You clip some balls into Will Bruin, ask him to hold it and combine and play. Let Raul run off him. So there needs to be a replacement there as well. Is Dylan the answer? Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Ocampo Chavez, he's on his way, but maybe not there yet. So you need someone else to fill that role that Will Bruin would have filled as well. So those are a couple of needs for the Sounders. You're going to need that because the West is not getting any weaker. Minnesota have improved. They are here. The Galaxy keep finding ways to win. They are here. LAFC, yes, they lost a derby, but they will be fine. They likely will win the Support Shield. They are here. San Jose keeps climbing and winning. The Timbers just came here and won. Salt Lake will figure it out, I'm sure. Dallas is in the mix. Houston, it's a tough Western conference and you cannot do it with 11 players only you need depth a winger a second striker are the big needs i would say all in all not a great weekend credit to the portland timbers for the win they had um always happy to hear your thoughts of course so feel free as always you know send um what you thought of the game where i was wrong i'm sure i you all disagree with me anyway i'm sure um i'm wrong but that's what i saw i saw a derby game a rivalry game where the football wasn't pretty but there was a lot to like about just watching the game as a spectacle not a footballing spectacle but intensity competitiveness these other things that also make up the beautiful game sounders one timbers two on the road to houston dynamo this weekend when we come back i'm gonna have my my good friend MJ, Matt Johnson, sitting down with me for a few minutes just to kind of talk about the upcoming schedule because it doesn't get any easier for the Sounders. And is it possible, is it possible that the Sounders even will be in danger of missing the playoffs after they get through this tough stretch and don't pick up the points that we think they should? I don't think so, but I'd like to get Matt's thoughts on it and your thoughts on it as well. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Winging It with Zach Warren. Coach, I saw you and Gio kind of exchanging words during the, during the stoppage time. And uh, what was said after the game as things kind of uh, got beyond shipping? It was fine. Good luck the rest of the way. There's no animosity amongst the coaches. Um, you know, guys get frustrated. Um, obviously, the players on the field got frustrated. But, you know, he wished me luck. I wished him luck. So that's that's the end of it. You just chalk it up to another Portland-Seattle game? Well, you know, some guys were talking about, is, is this a rivalry? Everybody was talking about the L.A. rivalry. You know, there's still some fire in this rivalry, and it just got... You know, it got stoked to a you know higher level tonight. So we'll remember some of the things that happened tonight, and hopefully we can use that as motivation for the next game. All right, welcome back. I'm sitting here in the office, joined by MJ. No, not Michael Jordan. 
Matt Johnson, the only MJ we acknowledge. Matt, how are you doing? I'm good, Steve. How are you? Good. Good to have good you to back. I, you. I told you I'd get you back on more often, man. Yeah, yeah. This is more often than last year. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> I did. Um, I don't want to talk about this too much, but we have to. You were there. You covered the game. Um, thoughts on Sunday, the loss to Timbers? Well, before the match, I thought, and I said to a few people, Rui Diaz will score and Fernandez will score. So what happens with that third goal? Yeah. Is it going to be 2-1? I, I thought 2-1 to somebody. Fernandez showed his class. Uh, Valeri, who I didn't think had a great match, mm-hmm. started that second goal off and switching that ball to the right and Blanco, things like that. I, I thought it was a great derby. I thought it's exactly what this rivalry needed. I don't want to say it got friendly uh, per se, but uh, the tackles, the, uh, you know, the drama, uh, you know, on the field, the the, the tackles. I I thought Fernandez was a red tackle and uh, red, red card tackle. And that's not being a a sounder guy. I thought, um, I thought there were some stiff challenges. Uh, I thought it was an entertaining match, you know, know, an, an entertaining match. Obviously gutted that it didn't go that way. I don't think we watch the rest of his career here. Rui Diaz missed a couple chances mm-hmm. that he had. I think those go in the back of the net. I think realistically it could have been 3-1 Seattle at halftime. Um, but it was a fantastic derby match. Last year, the Sounders lost to Portland June 30th. Yeah. And then they went on a historic run, right? Nine straight wins or 13 unbeaten, I should yeah. say. 12 unbeaten and and later was a nine-match yeah. nine winning. I thought that was going to be the start. I thought it was going to, right then and there, uh, the second-half run that we're so used to yep. seeing. Yep. Does it start this weekend in Houston? They don't lose at home. They've lost once at home and to yeah. a very good LAFC team. So uh, I thought it was a great match, brutal to come on the wrong side of it, but uh, we move forward. What sense did you get from the locker room Schmetzar and the guys were they down like what what did you what vibe did you get from uh, them? devastated yeah devastated you lost to Portland last June at home you lose to Portland here in July at home he was he, he it stung mm-hmm. uh, I, I guess the word is stung the guys you know they didn't want to face the media they didn't want to chat I should say they didn't want to chat with anybody yeah. they were devastated yeah. a- absolutely devastated I, sh- I you know as you might say as they should be but no, that's they're pros. They yeah. lost to their biggest rival at home in front of fifty thousand. The place was buzzing. Um, yeah, it was a brutal locker room. You mentioned it. Lost to Portland at home last June. Yeah, lost to Portland in the playoffs. Lost to Portland in the Open Cup. Lost to Portland on Sunday. Tell me why there hasn't been a power shift in this derby, or has there been? No, I think they're one-offs. I think you, you, you know, to quote the great Ziggy Schmidt, each game was its own theater. Yeah. Each game had its own story. June 30th, Larry, Larry's Mabiala last year scores two. Stephen Fry misses that game. Yeah. Brian Meredith, Stephen Fry wasn't going to, they weren't going to save those, either of them. Um, Marshall gets a goal. Uh, that, that was a thrilling, that was a thrilling derby match. You lose at home. In PKs, you won the game, yeah. but you lose at home in, P- in PKs. Raul Rui Diaz, the roof comes off, so to speak, yeah. with that side volley. Another uh, a couple goals for him, and, and he was on a roll late last year and the beginning of the season. So I think each, you know, if you go back to the win down in Portland, Kim sends a ball in that Cascante, an own goal for Cascante. Um, I think yeah. each game is its own story. Yeah, you can do streaks. I'm trying to do that with Houston right now. Houston is great at home, but Seattle's 
won down there the last two times. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think each year uh, with with different characters involved. Obviously, Brian Fernandez. Here's his emergence yeah. for for Sounder fans. Yeah. Uh, you know, a pesky pest gets a couple goals in the derby. I think each game is its own story. Houston this weekend, Kansas, New England, Salt Lake, Galaxy, Portland, all coming up. You feel optimistic about this run? You don't think it's you think it's tough, but you think yeah. It's I, I uh, well. I, Houston's going to be very tough. They don't yes. lose at home. They'll have a rested Elise who was red carded, silly red card in Atlanta. So he missed last week in Toronto where they, I said on the broadcast on Sunday that Toronto's defense stayed in the locker room the first 30 minutes. It yeah. should have been 3 0. One on one with their backup goalie keeps the game at 2 0 for Toronto. Yeah. Their, their top four, Memo Rodriguez, Tomas Martinez, and Mauro Minotis, destroyed them. The, the movement by Minotas and if any, uh, Tommy McNamara gets a goal, yeah. and he just swept it in. Great finish, don't get me wrong, but Tommy McNamara is not a speedster that Albert Elise is and that we'll see on the right-hand side. I think Saturday is going to be very tough, yeah. 90, 95 degrees in, in a muggy, muggy atmosphere. I, I think that's going to be very tough. But coming home, Kansas City is a shell of themselves. Yeah. They've had more injuries than almost all of MLS put together. Yeah. They're, they're a shell. That's got to be a win. That will be a win. Yes, New England is much improved with Bruce Arena. Um, this isn't a shot at Friedel or this isn't a shot at Dold, but they're playing like they care. Yeah. You, you yeah. know, the nil-nil draw in New England a couple years ago was one of the roughest watching watch games. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just was kind of... I remember, yeah. That was during the unbeaten streak. Yeah. Um, and it was, I, I want to say, nil-nil. Neither team yeah. had many shots on goal, and Seattle happy to come away with the point. Still, I don't see people... This team doesn't lose at home under Brian Schmetzer. Mm-hmm. It's minimal, to say the least. Yeah. I, I want to say this team's never lost by two goals at home under Brian at home. This team wins their home games. So I'm confident, like an NFL schedule, you say they're going to win all their home games. Yeah. Brian Schmetzer-led teams win at home, so I think New England's a win. RSL, especially at RSL, RSL's a different team, too. One of the best games nobody talked about last weekend was Minnesota and RSL. Fantastic match. So, yeah, it's difficult, but isn't the parity all there? And doesn't Brian have his 11, 12 guys that he wants now? Depending on Victor's health, uh, obviously Brad Smith's situation, yep. uh, but you have Joven Jones, Victor, to add to your best 10 or 11 guys. Isn't, isn't that the same team that played the first four, five, six games yeah. and yeah. looked as good as LAFC? Yeah. I have full confidence in the final month and a half, two months, that the 11 guys and the attackers, Jordan, whoever's on the left, let's say it's Joven Jones, Nico and Raul, you're going to keep up with anybody. Yeah, yeah. So... The last three years, we've seen this incredible second-half surge by the Sounders. Mm. Now, I look at the West. LAFC, LA Galaxy, San Jose's in the mix. Portland will be around. Dallas, Houston, Minnesota. There's a lot of good teams. Yeah. Do you think Include this- San Jose. Yeah, I said San Jose. Oh, did you? Yeah, Excuse yeah, yeah. me. No, yeah, they're, they're I, I really good. love watching them, yeah. too. Do you think the Sounders will need, not a historic run, but a really strong run, or win some games, lose a couple, win some, will be enough to be in the playoffs? Well, the start... The start of the season affords them to have a solid rest of the year. They don't need okay. a historic rest of the year. The number two seed is what you're gaining, what you're looking for, yeah. right? LAFC, let's give it to give them the the conference. They're the number one. They get the buy. The number two spot is as important as the number one spot. Yeah, yeah you got to play that opening round, but the rest of your games until the Western Conference Finals, if it's if if it's LAFC or at home 
Again, you don't lose home games under Brian Schmetzer. So get that second spot. You don't need a historic run to be second, but you've got to do your business. You've got to be on the road. You've got to beat the teams that you should beat on the road, the Columbus Crews of the world. Yeah, that was at the last end. You know, that was magical. 96-minute, a header from a Saad Abdul Salam rocket. I get it. (laughs) Um, Again, there were chances there that for both teams. But anyways, do your business at home. That's going to set you up to have that second spot. It it doesn't need to be historic. The last question here. Allay my fears. That's it? With the depth. We're almost done? (laughs) You want to keep talking? Go ahead. (laughs) Allay my fears with the depth. The subs on Sunday. Jovan Jones? Left back, Nuhu, left back, Saad, right back. Mm-hmm. In a game you're chasing, you bring on three fullbacks because that's pretty much what you have. Mm-hmm. Is this team deep enough to sustain a strong enough challenge for MLS Cup? Well, if, let's go each sub by sub. Saad Abdul Salam coming in for Kelvin. Now the last three, four matches or three out of five, that's yeah. been what Brian wants to do is bring him, Saad, in in the 75th minute. And he adds energy. He'll flick on that goal kick, that move to Roldan, that move to Jordan Morris in, say, the 82nd, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So that is a move that he wants to make to add in, to add energy. And then the long throws in the corner. So it's, I hate to say that Saad coming in for Kelvin, but that is an attacking mode. Mm-hmm. That, that is an attacking mode. Joven comes in on the left-hand side. That's yeah. an attacking mode. And then with, with Nuhu, he wants to lock things down. I mean, that, that's the non-attacking mode. So to me, you start the, yes, of course, the game's going to change and adjustments have to be made. But Brian says, I'll take my 11, my starting 11, against your starting 11. Again, I think he was on because Raul has at least one, if not two in the first half instead of his first goal coming in the 51st. So the awkwardness of that final step of Rui Diaz that kind of stabs at it instead of letting the ball hit his foot and go in the back of the net, he had his man beat. The cross was there. That happens 99 out of 100 times. I think he had it right, but to me, Saad and Joven are attacking members. I know Saad's a right fullback. I get it. You're looking at me like MJ. No, no. I, I, MJ. I, I actually like your optimism. I like, I but like your but that, yeah. that's how it looks. Yeah. With the guys fit, especially now here, a couple of weeks after they come back from country, you know, Jordan's fit. Mm-hmm. The, the, he, he can go, he's going to go 90. Of course, Nico's going 90. Rui Diaz is going 90. Yeah. And still had, they still had it going on late in the match. So he tinkers with the backside to press forward. I'd like to compare Paredes mm-hmm. to Christian Roldan in that match. You had Chara just sitting. Chara did nothing. I kept saying to myself during the radio call, I haven't said Chara's name. Yeah. Well, he just was to sit. That's it. So I'd like to see Gustav just sit and push Roldan, have Roldan be a little more attacking than he was on Sunday. I'd like to see him go forward. Paredes was in, he was in our box a yeah. bunch, and yeah. he kind of sat next to Chara. Yeah. But I think, I think it worked out right. Yeah, you can say... I heard the pregame show that, boy, he doesn't have a lot of tacking options off the bench. I don't think you're supposed to. He, he didn't need them if, if you execute the plays, yeah. if you execute it. Love it. Love it. Couldn't agree more. Well, looking forward to being in Houston. With really? We'll, we'll be, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. We'll this will be like, uh, you, you know, for people <laughs> listening, Steve says to me, oh, I'm so sweaty. And you're not at all. And I'm just soaking wet. <laughs> I just ruined two shirts in Columbus. 
And so uh, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to uh, the game and the stadium, but I'm not looking forward to the, the weather. No, it'd be great. As always, pleasure having MJ on. We'll be back next month again, I think, to preview oh, okay. those upcoming games. We've got to try and make it a monthly thing. Appreciate we'll it. Get you on 10 times a year. All right. Stay tuned. Winging it with Zach Hawley. Welcome back, Steve Zakwani here. Let's get right to it. Sounders travel to Texas this weekend to play against the Houston Dynamo, who aren't in great form, but listen, they're a much better team than they've shown recently, and you only have to go back to their game here earlier in the season in Seattle, where they outplayed the Sounders, but lost, but outplayed the Sounders. I had a lot of chances, and at home, they're a very, very, very tough opponent to face. What to watch for? Now, Number one, you have to win that first 15 minutes. It's something that the Sounders were very good at at the start of the season. Think Colorado, Cincinnati, and Chicago away. Incredible opening 15 minutes. Absolutely incredible, breathtaking, good football, intensity, winning the ball back, high pressing, all the things Brian Schmetzer wants to see his boys doing. They were great. Haven't been so great coming out of the gates in other games. This weekend, going to have to. You're going to have to come to Houston. You cannot sit back and just allow them to play. You allow this team to begin to play and get their wingers involved and get the ball up to Minotas up top and dictate the game. And you kind of sitting back, hoping you bend but don't break and we might catch you on the counter. No, the sound is at the best when they're going toe-to-toe with anybody, home or away. It doesn't matter where the sound is. Here's how we're going to play. We're going to take the game to you as well. Of course, you have to concede possession at times away from home. But I think this team is good enough to go to Houston, dictate the tempo of the game, dominate and win. And you have to set your stall out, set your intentions out in that opening 15 minutes. Number two, Elise, the manager for Houston, the coach brought in when he came. It was the wing play, emphasis. And Elise is proven now to be one of the best wingers in the league. Very, very dangerous player. Very quick. He'll give Brad Smith a run for his money. He'll give Ladham a run for his money, depending if he lines up on the left or the right. Um, you've got to keep an eye on him. You know what he's going to do going into the game. So you force players like that. Um, speaking as a former winger, we hate having our backs to goal. So when he receives the ball, don't let him to turn. Don't allow him to turn. Keep him facing his own goal. He's going to hate it. He'll grow frustrated. And when he gets the ball the next time, he's going to try to overcompensate and do too much and take himself out of his own game. You allow him to pick the ball up, turn, face, and run at you, good night. Forget about it. He's going to get balls into the box, crosses, he can finish. He's a big, powerful lad as well. He's strong. can be a long afternoon for you in that case. So you have to keep him facing away from goal. Even better, prevent the service to him, but that's not always possible. So just keep him playing negative. 
is what you want to be doing if you are the Sounders left back and or right back. Number three, in the 18-yard box, he's become better and better. He wasn't great when he came up here earlier this season, had a couple of golden chances, glorious opportunities that could have given his team the lead and the win, didn't take them, but Minotus. He's a guy who quietly scored a ton of goals last season and nobody really talked about it. And he's dangerous. In and around the 18-yard box, he's dangerous. Very good movement. Needs one or two chances usually. I know he had that when he came up here and missed them, but you don't want to play with fire twice. Don't give up those kinds of opportunities to, to this guy. So this now comes on to Roman Torres, who I think is playing some really good football right now. Um, Roman looks fit, looks hungry, motivated. Well, was really motivated after the final whistle um, on Sunday, as you saw. But he's playing well. Ariaga's found his feet, but Kim Kihi, I think that's the two right now. Roman Torres, Kim Kihi. We'll see if Brian Schmetzer does any rotation. But any two of that three combination, just have to be aware. Be touch tight to Minotas, watch his movement, be first, compete. A little bit less dangerous than Martinez, Joseph Martinez from Atlanta, obviously. But same mold in a sense of they play on the last shoulder and just look for that opportunity. So be aware of that. One, win the first 15. Two, nullify and neutralize their wide play. And number three, look out for the center forward. Keep him very, very quiet. You kind of win that first 15, you keep Elisa out of the game, you watch the movements of Minotas with extra attention, you take away a lot of what they can do to hurt you. And the sound is really, I think, need to leave Houston with three points, make it a statement win. Let the league know we're still here. We had a little blip at home, our first home loss in September 2018, but we're still here and we're bouncing back. That would be my advice and game plan for the Sounders. We'll see what happens this weekend. Make sure you tune in. The Sounders away at Houston Dynamo. As always, thanks for listening and we'll be back next week, hopefully in a much better mood and hopefully all of us will be friends again on Twitter and hopefully we'll be recapping three points for the Seattle Sounders.